In times like these, being a citizen is a big job. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the virtues of self-rule and debate the state of our republic. Welcome to the Citizen's Prerogative Podcast. This is the voice of your nerdy host, Michael Piscatelli, and we are blessed with a co-host whose passion for our republic precedes him everywhere he goes, Raymond Wong Jr. Hello, hello, El Natural. This is episode number 33. We're in season two. We're covering Back to Basics. And we think this is the last episode for now for Back to Basic series. We are talking about natural remedies. Uh, we talked about food, power, shelter, water, etc. Rewilding. This almost brings us full circle. I feel like this kind of connects us back to rewilding in a way. Brings a full loop. Natural remedies. Healing ourselves from the environment from the environment through which we came that's innovative unless you think of parks how many of you walk through a park to unwind how many of you get out of your workspace to go to the green area we currently use the environment to heal all the time how many of you have gone to a national park to clear your mind to get your mental health in order so before you get critical about natural remedies, remember that you use them every day. Or you should if you don't. I highly recommend it. It's the cheapest, best therapy any human can get. And um, it's hard to avoid taking the medicine. All you have to do is physically go to these places. Go to a place without people. Go to a place where you're surrounded by nature. And just be, you know, this is where mindfulness comes in. Because if you're a neurotic wreck and you go out in the middle of the forest and you can't just stop thinking the same thought, then this probably won't work. You're probably insulating yourself from all of the goodness coming to you. You need to be open. You need to calm your mind. You need to listen to the testament of your senses. What do you hear, smell, see? Can you taste something? Can you imagine going out in the forest and knowing what around you you can eat, what it will taste like, what what of these living plants will quench your thirst or kill you? <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of knowledge you should have before you start eating things out in the wild. But point being, it's where we came from. And there's a lot of good things, especially from a mental health perspective, that occur when we're out in nature. And I didn't pull up any of the studies, but by the time we publish this episode, I will have included some of the studies and, and the research that really, really sells this idea. I mean, and if you want to buy it, you can just, like I said, pick a local park. <laughs> some local park, hopefully it has lots of nature and you go out into the nature. The benefits um, are increased the more nature there is around you, the less less human development there is and the more natural the environment is, the greater the benefits are to your centeredness or your well-beingness. Yeah. Um, there's a hum, there's a, a rhythm, there's an energy. And just a plug for rewilding, because that's something we advocate for. Um, the parks right now are a little sterile, you know, on the large, um, but, but a, a, a well-rewilded park would have lots of little nooks and crannies and meadows for you to escape 
the mass, you know, and we we and we'd have more of them because frankly, your your front yard could be that that sanctuary in a rewilding environment. Yeah, and if you're hung up thinking about um, maybe you're envisioning a, an environment that's overrun with monoculture, um, that is not going to be the most healthful natural environment. So, like Ray is saying, a rewilded environment or a, an environment that stays has stayed wild is best because you're right. I mean, sitting in a field full of green grass that we planted is not going to give you the effect you're looking for. Um, sitting in, you know, a big grassy field where there's only one tree, but you can see street signs, you can see light poles, you can see society, civilization, you're not going to get the benefits. You really need to be immersed in this environment. And you will, and, and it's very, very detectable how it improves your mood and your outlook and maybe the way you think about things changes. There are things that you may notice while you're in that environment that very much reach you in a place that's never touched before because we spend so little time, uh, you know, offering the opportunity to be touched in that way. Right. And this, this begs you to move away from your technology um, and move away from your, yourself and, and take a moment to absorb what you're in. And it's, it's interesting because even myself, we, we tend to travel places these days. We don't travel right now with COVID being so large, but we do, when we do travel, we try not to take pictures the first day. We try to go for a couple of days and the first day we just take it in. We just don't take any pictures. We don't, we don't post about it. We take it in as human beings and we say, eh, that's worth coming back for. I'll, if it's really worth it, I can come back in a day or a month or a year and take that picture, right? That, mm -hmm. That's what I would say for architecture, things like that, that I see in the moment. Um, but I, trying to be in that environment. So, so I do understand though, that's a huge challenge for us. We've not been trained to it. There are things to help you get to that mindfulness, right? Mike, you don't, like, I think that's where we, like, yeah. you don't have to be alone. Mindfulness can be achieved through other, other means. Yeah, um, it's hard in our society, the veil of consumerism and keeping up with the Joneses and, you know, all those things that distract us from the nature of being as a living animal on a living planet hurtling through space. We, we are very much disconnected from that. And you're right, it's very hard to get in tune with it once when you've never done it, when you don't know what the feeling feels like, you don't know what it looks like, you don't know when you've been there and you can't just use a map. It's not a matter of just being on your GPS coordinates. It is a process for you to become open to these things. And so a lot of nat native cultures, besides just having that imbued in their culture, this animistic idea that everything has a spirit and a soul and, you know, we should honor everything and be honored and all of it because it's a one, one system we live in, one closed natural system. You, there's, there's psychedelics that can help. Um, just speaking about psilocybin, which is the active chemical in mushrooms, uh, magic mushrooms for anybody who's not familiar. The, the active chemical in those connects regions of the brain that aren't normally connected during your daily life. Um, and the connections that happen 
are very profound. They have profound effects on how you think and how you see and experience the world around you. There's a connectedness that you become aware of innately when you are open to the idea of nature and perhaps have ingested one of these chemicals that helps also create, connect thoughts in your mind. And so some of the studies we'll put out there, you know, we're going to be harping probably a little bit against pharmaceuticals because pharmaceuticals is a way of compartmentalizing something and packaging it for the purpose of making a profit, not necessarily to make you better. There's plenty of natural remedies already. We know history has taught us and ages of human culture and societies have taught us are really good for us. And, and the absence of many of those things are probably causing some problems. And then we're trying to fill that gap with these pharmaceuticals, which weren't designed to do that. They were designed to just make money and work better than a placebo effect, which if you don't know, those aren't the best ways to go about drugging yourself, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, I, Ray is probably with me on this. Him and I tend to agree on certain things. And I think using natural remedies to open your mind and your awareness to the world around you is valuable. And I don't think people should live their lives without having experienced it. That's, I, I don't, you know, I will, I will subscribe to most of what you said, um, but there was so much, but I will, I will say that, yeah, I'm a big believer in um, that the pharmaceutical industry is not, a, not an industry of our, it's not our friend. Um, it's not really there to help us. It's there to appease us. It's there to numb us. It's not there to really open our minds. And, and that's and the mitigate the worst side effects of the system we've set up, right? Really. That's right. Whether We're really it's, dealing whether with it's the health the problems food. we created. <laughs> yeah, whether it's the food you ate that made you sick or was the environment that made your mind sick. There's these things that are coming down these pressures that they're here to release they're just a pressure valve release we talked about i think in a previous episode bankruptcies as a mechanism to relieve pressure for failure and it's a similar thing the pressure of failure is the health of the american people and the health of our fellow citizens and we're seeing this this come out right and, and so in a sense um not having true all, truly all options because people if they really want their drug cocktails that's their business right if you want your pharmaceuticals and your chemicals but there are others that have the choice and the right uh to to use other things and i'm going to say this um my that i believe it because i see it in the animal community you know they are studies that have shown that um that the dolphins will use puffer fish okay the puffer fish will release a toxin that can kill you but just the right amount of toxin will give you a, a, a psychedelic effect or give you the, a feeling of, of, and so basically dolphins, certain packs of dolphins will trade off these, um, these puffer fish, just the same one. And they'll just kind of uh, hold it in their mouth and scare it. So it releases just the right amount of toxins so they can all get 
they could all get basically high and they look at and then you know they would float around and look at their reflections and they would do goofy movements they wouldn't normal but they would have a good time using this puffer fish um and it's insane to me to see this in the in the in the animal kingdom and there are studies very clear studies that um primates and even us have been using these natural drugs for ages to deal with what we call mental health, I suppose, or what we call pain, you know, which everyone calls it pain, but yeah. th- they've had remedies, right? Seeking enlightenment. I haven't heard enlightenment. anybody in our society for ages concerned with seeking enlightenment. <laughs> Knowledge, right? Enlightenment is just knowing. Or attaining the higher level, right? A higher level of awareness. So that's, and that's the thing is people are confused. They want to understand it better, but your mind has been programmed to be chaotic. Minds have been programmed to be busy and worried about paying the bills. And, and there's a certain things that need to release us. And that's, you know, the list is very specific. And that's why back to basics in particular is focusing on these key things, right? Which the last of it being, you know, if you have a house, if you have your food, you have good food, right? You've already got all of these good basis for natural remedies. Now we're saying, kick the pharmaceutical industry out of your bed, unless you absolutely need them because you have a transplant, you have a major, um, a major uh, a, a disease that they actually are able to cure through pharmaceuticals, right? Mm-hmm. Not just symptoms management, symptom management, taking 20 pills at the end of your life doesn't seem right to me. No, no. The quality of our lives at the end is everything. Like that's the whole, our whole mechanized workforce system was designed, right? It's like, oh, for retirement, (laughs) we have a different episode where we harp on all that, but the quality of your retirement is totally predicated on the quality of your life leading up to that point in time and the quality of the food you ate and the shelter you had and, you know, the, how well you engaged your mind in learning or exploring new things. It's so critical. I mean, just talking about Alzheimer's, you know, it's like, just keep learning something new. There's a lot of other factors we're going to find that are coming into play with Alzheimer's and things of that nature, but, you know, keeping the brain active and um, getting it to build new neurons, like by going swimming, for instance, I recently saw an article of that swimming is huge for the brain and for the, and, and for the body. Um, and again, water, water comes into a factor because we, we evolved with the coast along the coast. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> a human's relationship with the coast and water and all that stuff. It's uh, there's some evolutionary theories that come into play, which is we're not going to go into today, (laughs) but, but uh, I I love that swimming article. And I love that idea because I think there is a connection. I think no matter who you are, you, I think everyone stops to look at the water. I think we, we know it's origination. It's like, it's like home. Um, I, I think it's hard for people to not remark about water in a sense. we always talk about the weather and I think that maybe we're not talking about weather, we're talking about water, whether yeah. water is falling or not, right? Because the weather is, yeah. you know, the top of it. Well, we're really interested in those climate and, and you know, what's happening, precip- you know, because it's exciting when it's raining, in a sense. And you either love it or hate the rain. You're very emotional about it. But regardless, you're going to have an emotional connection with water. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the hydrology system is everything for weather, humidity or not, heat, cold, movement. Um, but yeah, kicking a big farm out of the bed. We'll come back to that after a message from our sponsor, Citizen Do Good. All right, here's a message from our sponsor, Citizen Do Good. Even though you've heard it before, it's still true. The war is never over and every battle counts. I know you are tirelessly demonstrating good citizenry on the daily through actions and words, and you donate your time and money to causes that count. Thank you. The time is now to deeply re-examine our current implementation of governance for the dawning of a new day. We are a proud sponsor of the Citizens Prerogative Podcast, a major partner in spreading the good word about civic love and the power of change for us all. At Citizen Do Good, we want to empower all citizens to participate in their republic in a reconstructive way. With that goal in mind, we need your help to stay on mission and grow this community. Please rate the podcast with five stars on iTunes, through the app on the web, or on your device. If you don't feel you can give us five stars, let us know why on our Facebook page uh, from Citizen Do Good. Also, make sure you join our newsletter at citizendogood.com. You'll get updates every couple of months on all of our antics, not just the podcast. While you're there, check out the shop, which has specialty merch and provides a way to make a one-time contribution that helps us pay for production and for hosting. Feel free to share any suggestions you have directly through the Contact Us page. Thanks for your support. I think uh, we know what the next major topic is in the room, and it's because it's hot across the nation. Um, it is the marijuana talk, because I think that's the one that's the closest to most American citizens. I think most of our fellow Americans can, can relate to know people, have an opinion on uh, uh, marijuana, the, what you would call the gateway. And I guess, I suppose, it is going to be the gateway to our next evolution, right? People understanding natural remedies and understanding how they affect us and how we can leverage them for better. So let's talk about marijuana, baby. <laughs> oh, there's so much power in coming from a place of knowledge. Giving people the freedom of choice to make their own decisions and the knowledge to know how to choose. That is really supposed to be fundamentally the American way. That theoretically is a free society, a free way to live. Not a federal government that executes prohibition against its citizens and puts people in jail and takes away their rights to vote. So the war on drugs has been a war on the people. And you can tell because it's put people in prison. It doesn't stop the drug trade. And it really doesn't do anything to help society, quite frankly. Prohibition has always, I think, over time proved to be the wrong path. Just say no is not your right. Mm -hmm. And you, you're absolutely right. I mean, if we have to go to um, a proof and a study uh, would be alcohol, yeah. prohibition of alcohol. Okay. And that, by the way, which created the IRS which was the armed wing 
of the government to go collect and take care of alcohol. That was their original intention. The Internal Revenue Service dealt with the illegal trade of alcohol and, you know, holding you accountable to that stuff and emptying those, you know, you said those old videos and such of the barrels being broken and dumped. (laughs) That was the IRS. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, okay. So just for a moment for me to roost on this idea. I'm thinking about it in a different way now. Thank you. The IRS was not created in order to collect revenue so that the government could take care of the American people. The IRS was created in order to um, conduct operations against the American people. Correct. And they still technically do. If you don't pay up. Yeah. They still are just an apparatus to deal with. They were basically to, uh, to, you know, when you institute a rule like prohibition, how do you enforce it? Mm -hmm. And the, and the internal revenue service is what remains of the enforcement mechanism of the code. So, you know, when you found the, the violation of the revenue codes, because that's what it was like constitutionally, I believe it has to be like a violation of trade or something. So in, in a sense, like a commerce, yeah, it goes back to like commerce, the commerce clause like or whatever. Cause it oh was, it gosh, was those, all sales. It's selling tricky politicians, tricky politicians. <sighs> but well, that and please understand folks is that um, there is a, there is a stamp which is available to purchase marijuana. They, the, the federal government just doesn't produce it or allow you to have it. So do you understand that marijuana under, as I understand the code, unless it's changed, is legal under federal. They just don't produce the stamp that allows you to trade it. So it's, it's just a trade issue. So um, th- this, is, this is commerce, you know, in our economy coming in to control. And again, so history tells us with alcoholism, um, and, and et cetera, et cetera. They, they wanted to deal with this issue or what they wanted to blame. And that's really what it was. The, the, the government wanted to blame a certain subset of individuals and socioeconomic groups and say, they're the ones causing your problem. So if we limit alcohol, we destroy these industries. And frankly, they did take out a lot of saloons. So they probably did the job, right? The saloons, which were notorious for red light districts, et cetera, et cetera. They probably did a pretty good job at running them into the ground and only the strong survived, the rich and the most corrupt perhaps survived. So it's it was really moral, interesting. It was a moral crusade. I mean, people were moral. worried. Everybody was worried because there were drunkards everywhere. And today we've got opioids everywhere. It's always something everywhere because our mm-hmm. system makes people sick and sad and depressed <clears throat> or want to seek, you know, out. <laughs> people who use some of these drugs just really need to feel like they're in control of something in their lives. Yes. And it's hard because our country did go through, you know, some hard times and there was a lot of drunkenness everywhere. But the solution to the problem wasn't prohibition, was it? No, no. (laughs) And actually, we haven't we haven't fixed it. We haven't. The the deal, you know, things helped. You know, we tried to reinvent the economy. We made sure that our our poor jobs, as long as everybody has jobs, you know, then they're okay. It's like, well, you know what? Honestly, jobs isn't a solution. (laughs) We'll talk about that another time. not for the it's not a natural remedy no in fact, jobs are not natural at all you know so I, I think that you go back to basics with with those universal basic programs people are able to focus on natural remedies or taking care of their mental health taking care of themselves taking 
just quitting the job. If you just need to take care of beating cancer, why can't you just quit your job and live on your universal basic income? That makes sense to me. And have um, a healthcare system that's going to pay for your cancer treatments. Goodness. Yeah. <clears throat> I, that's mutually exclusive. To, I mean, not mutually exclusive, but I hope everybody understands when we talk about universal basic income, it's always with the healthcare included. It's, these are these are things that are required for the base. Um, but yeah. I think that when we look at government studies, um, I think there's a problem there, right? Like they, they, they haven't put a lot of energy into finding out what are the true benefits. And that's the sad part is the misinformation, um, which is happening. You know, you wonder why vaccines are challenged. And I was thinking about it earlier, Mike, is that vaccines are only challenged because we have a lack of innovation in our current pharmaceutical industry, right? If we were constantly innovating and coming up with newfangled things and there was a conscious effort of development and a benefit to the general public, then we would, they wouldn't be shocked. This goes back to education. This goes back to people not understanding evolution or biology, the function of cells. I think most people don't know what a mitochondria is. That's a problem. That's the fundamental problem. Honestly, these pharmaceutical companies and these biotech companies are coming out with things faster than ever. We are going to be seeing things. We're going to see gene editing in our lifetimes. I'm pretty, pretty confident that you or I in our lifetimes, if we had sufficient funding, we'll be able to take a pill or an injection to alter our genes while we're alive. So those things are coming. The worst part is, is that we are woefully unprepared to understand these things. We are not an educated population. We are not a group of people who can make really informed choices. And the choices we are being given are not necessarily the best ones for us. We're certainly not being given all the options that are available. Pharmaceutical companies are not interested in competing with the likes of marijuana, psilocybin, et cetera, et cetera. And like you said, Ray, because these things have been schedule one drugs by the federal government for so long, there's like one or two universities that research anything about marijuana. Psilocybin's mostly being studied right now in psychological settings because they're finding depression, anxiety, um, a lot of these mental health issues, psilocybin's much more effective at treating. And they started with cancer patients who were suffering from depression because of their medications that are saving them, but they also make them sick and it makes them depressed. And depression is a leading indicator of death when you're suffering, when your life is at risk. And so they're like, gosh, let's see what we can start doing to alleviate the depression side because we expect to see more success and cancer recovery if we can eliminate depression as a part of the process. I mean, we looked at putting people in comas for a long time because the experience of chemo and other things is so horrible. They thought maybe we can start putting people in comas so that they don't have to live through that. We don't, that's not advisable, but that just, just goes to show it's like pharmaceuticals help hurt. I don't know, but we're not looking at all the options. They've said, here are the options you have if you want this treatment. Mm -hmm. And now they're starting to broaden it. And psilocybin came in and the studies are showing it eliminates depression in these cancer patients and not just while they're going through chemotherapy, but 
from then on for for months, many months, maybe even years, depending on how long they're on the treatments, the psilocybin, the mushrooms. And this is like one of several active chemicals. When you talk about marijuana, we're just starting to study the number of active chemicals in those plants. And these, these are obviously plants that have been around and have evolved on earth for a very long time. Now, marijuana is different because we've been cultivating it just like any other, like wheat. I mean, we don't even know what the original lineages of the marijuana plants are um, or where they came from. It's all stories, <laughs> basically, because it's always been kept underground. Um, and so hopefully between marijuana, psilocybin, <clears throat> I was telling Ray before we got on live on the air, there are areas of South America, I think Chile, wherever they grow the cocoa plants, coca plants, you know, you can still get coca tea. You can get coca leaves. This is the plant, if you refine it, turns into cocaine. It's all about how we use these things. Do we build the nuclear bomb or do we build the power plant, which still pollutes, you know, but there's good and bad ways to use a lot of these things. And, and addiction is a problem. But addiction is not unique. It's not a unique problem. You know, there aren't pharmaceuticals that don't cause addiction. Just as much as you're going to find chemicals in our environments. Addiction is, is of the mind, is of the body. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to advocate that the addiction is there because we have nothing. You know, like when you think about what the american dream propagates and what's what suburbia. are you tomorrow you know yeah, what do you there's look forward to there's tomorrow? no there's nothing like if you're not a person who plants a garden then you're not going to have that fulfillment I, I would believe and i think that for all of us like it doesn't matter some people build it in a game environment some wherever you get your kicks but you do there has to be a sense of purpose and i think really though the people that need the outside, the people that thrive and their, their happiness is tied to nature, especially, um, we don't have any enablement for them. So a large, um, and that's probably the majority of the population is just relegated to a brick and mortar stucco cement life. And really what we need is a place that's immersive. With, with, with psychotropic drugs that help you experience it better, with access to fruits and vegetables in your yard that you can walk to, you know, walkable streets, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. So we move towards this environment. And that's why, as we kind of wrap up back to basics, I want to stress that we think there's a holistic approach here, right? A couple simple things that we take care of. We're not going to fix everything. We're not saying we're going to take care of every little problem that an American has, even though the federal government tends to try to do it itself because it doesn't know what it should be doing, which is actually these back to basic pieces. It should be enabling, it should be enabling its citizenship to build a better environment and letting us be free to experiment and, and develop and, and do what we do best, which is frankly, build our own community societies and cultures. That's what the human race has done. We did it very well in our different continents and we can keep doing it. Like this culture is supposed to evolve, not lock down in morality, legality. That's not right. Mm -hmm. 
A hundred percent. And we have to put ourselves back in nature. Nature has to be a part of the picture. Like the system we have today in so many ways has worked to divorce us from reality, really, when it comes down to it, um, so that we can live on, we live in the concrete jungle where we have to buy everything from, you know, X, Y, and Z place. So we're, we're we have a great reckoning upon us climate change is gonna thrust us um hopefully out of the old normal i mean delta whatever the next variant is whether it's a whether it's a pandemic or it's climate change um one way or another people are going to continue to be reminded that we are not isolated we are not just individuals <laughs> it's not just my liberty it's our liberty and it's at stake. I think as far as natural remedies go, just keep your eyes peeled and your ears open. I know psilocybin is uh, rattling a lot of cages. I know there are some organizations out there that are starting to stay, make some steady inroads and in pushing against prohibition, but don't just consider marijuana. Don't just think about this state by state wall coming down. You know, marijuana is, is the leading indicator, is the quote unquote gateway drug, but not to your addiction, <laughs> to your salvation in a way, to your freedom, to, to your freedom of choice. You know, if, if people want to recreate certain ways and they know how to do it responsibly, then they should be allowed to do it. Right. I think, right. You know, that's, that's part of the pursuit of happiness. That's a, that's a good, that's a good call to action because what are, what are you saying? Like, I'm not telling, we're not advocating that you all have to go out and get high. Right. But what we are saying is that um, we have to stop um, stigmatizing just like there's a huge effort. I'm really happy with the, 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 I'm not really happy with media in general, but media is focusing on destigmatization of mental health some media groups right are mm -hmm. but you know their destigmatization of of mental health and there needs to be a destigmatization of, of of these usage don't 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 blame the addicted right blame that our system is so poorly set up that people can fall into the trap of addiction if yeah. there's no if the system didn't allow it if it cradled its citizens if this economy which is giving so much to those at the top also cradled those at the bottom there's no then we wouldn't have the mass loss you know we wouldn't have the mass addiction and frankly we probably wouldn't have opioid addiction in the middle class no this is a huge issue for everyone great great points ray and that still always reminds me of oprah it's about what happened to that person not what's wrong with that person I mean, because there's something right and wrong about all of us. That's not the point. The point is, what are the conditions in the environment that have made it to the, you know, conducive to this person to end up at that point? We can't forget that. It's because the path is there. The option is there. The opportunity to go down that route is, is it's available for anybody who wants to throw their life away. It's, it's very unfortunate and it's too accessible. And another point before we conclude, just to jump on that too, this idea about prohibition, 
mostly affects minorities. So there was a little factoid I had in here that we skipped over, um, but I don't want it to be lost. For anybody in America who doesn't already know this, most illegal drug users are white and middle class. Cocaine, whatever, you name it, white, middle class. If it's not, if it's cocaine, if it's white in the middle class, it's crack if it's not. Right. Something like that. Um, all kinds of drugs. You said opioids. Opioids is the middle class killer right now, you know, or what was the middle class, right? Coming right after everybody. Pharmaceuticals getting issued left and right for people who have whatever minor injury or this, that, and the other thing because somebody was making money. Um, we, we just need to wake up because it, this is another one of those issues that has been used to pit us against each other, just like Republican and Democrat are a bunch of BS. Um, I mean, there's ideologies behind it, but the fact that you hate somebody who wears a label is a problem, and that is not where we're supposed to be. The same is true, you know, in these cases. We, we need to be not pitting ourselves against one another, especially because of drugs. I'm sorry, but that that's one of the areas where we really need to look at the bigger picture because yeah. there is a reason for all of this. It's propaganda. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with what's really going on. It's distraction. I mean, we don't do it with alcohol largely, you know, um, you know, alcohol is highly acceptable. Um, smoking is, is highly acceptable cigar for the most part, smoking mm -hmm. a lot of these, these different drugs, they still are, they still have effects. They still do something to your chemical, you know, in your body, your, your, your composition. So there's, there's all kinds of normalization. And I don't know what draws the line. Is it just the law? Is it just stigmatization? Or is it because everybody is so busy trying to fill their unnatural lives and they're missing the basics lives that they just, they start to focus on these other problems that are not real problems. Right. If you if you if you knew more people, right, if you had a better sense of community, if you knew more individuals. Right. But in your house, in your box and in your electronic device, you're not going to get that info. You're going to get the info you want. The algorithms will tell you everything's bad about those individuals and everything's wrong yeah. with this chamber. direction. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Get back to basics, folks. That includes face to face verbal. I think we didn't have an episode on it, but I want to at least close it out with that. Mm -hmm. And equality for everybody under the law. You know, the fact is only some people in this country go to jail for drug use and possession. And many people don't. And that's for circumstances around race, profiling, etc. So the whole idea that, you know, white middle-class people get all kinds of freedom, <clears throat> you know, that others don't get uh, for one reason or another. And we'll, we can talk about that in another story about all the way privilege comes to play by the disadvantages you never have to face. You know, how many times someone, a white person driving while high, never got pulled over because they were a white person driving versus the black person who gets pulled over every time they're driving. And one time they happen to be high. I mean, the outcomes are very different in any case. All right. I know we're over time. 
we got to close it up. And I'm sorry I took out your last comment. No, no, there wasn't to close out the show, just to close out my life. <laughs> okay, now. Oh, I think we're going to go out on that and I'm going to call it a high note. Okay. <laughs> We have been your hosts. Thank you to Mr. Raymond Wong Jr. And thank you, Mr. Piscatelli. It's truly been a psychedelic experiment. Mm, it's been something, this life, that's for sure. <laughs> for information on this and other episodes, head over to citizendugood.com and click on podcast. While you're there, hit up the contact us page and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from the community. Special thanks to you, our listeners. We save the best for last. You are the best, and you have been for years. Thank you for your support. We know it's painful, and we love you. Intro music sampled from OK Class by Ozzy Jocks under the Creative Commons license through freemusicarchive.org. Other music provided royalty-free through Fizzly and Studios, Inc.